Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Pop and Jay Show. This episode, if it happens to make it into the can, will be a miracle uh, due to unprecedented technical difficulties, Mm. which my astute partner managed to clear up. Anyway, I'm the pop of said Pop and Jay. I'm a retired Marine who then spent 10 years in federal law enforcement before landing in a third career as a police officer. I also write and talk a lot. Jessica, my daughter, is the J, and she is an artist extraordinaire, a writer, a storyteller, a school teacher, and so many more things, right, Jess? Mm-hmm. At least a professional cat whisperer, you forgot? Oh, I thought that was amateur because professionals get paid. I get, like, paid in love. Oh, jeez. Okay. Hairballs. <laughs> Together, we are a father-daughter duo, and we're new to the podcasting scene. However, over so many years now, we have talked about so many things, and we always knew we should be on the radio or something. So here we are, not on the radio, but something. Yay, something! Participation trophy. And on today's podcast, (laughs) Thingamabobber, we're going to bump... You up. Huh? Oh, I'm just hopeful that we can make it a whole show without any marijuana talk or Donald Trump stuff. You know, actually, those two things may be the polar opposites of this talk in particular. A lack of willpower. I'm pretty sure the marijuana is. <laughs> yeah, a lack of willpower. And then, I don't know, I think Trump's got some kind of... He's got at least willpower right now against... What, okay, whatever, you, we haven't even announced what it's about, and you're talking about Trump. I, I, I'm really thinking about walking out right now. Well, okay, so yes, that's true. Let's let's introduce what we're saying. We're going to ruminate on probably the most inspiring aspect of the human person. That's right, their will, the part of us that chooses, that gives meaning to what we all say and do. Without a free will, we would be like God's robots. Uh, but but we, and that's not a bad thing, maybe. I don't know. God's Robot sounds like a cool band name. But uh, we, <laughs> along with the angelic hosts, have been given freedom. The freedom to do good, to choose good. And as that goes, when we don't choose good, we seem to suffer. And we also like bring about suffering on other people. Oh, man. We do so much of that. So, Will... Uh, with a capital W, maybe, or force of will. That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Uh, you are absolutely right about the freedom to choose good. St. Augustine said, it, this is a great quote, it is the will by which we sin and by which we live well. And he is, of course, 100% right about that. Uh, we choose these things. Well, yeah, and then that's you know what people who who, the problem of evil that comes in and the reason why it ex- you know how can god let these bad things happen you, anyways bad and good and this is all part of our free will and right now uh i i thought this might be a good topic because we're right in the middle of advent and it's to me it's been like the biggest mind blow of my life just the realization that the incarnation of god as a human like Yes, that's in and of itself a mind blow. But all of it, the salvation of us, it all hung in the cooperation of the will of this little 14-year-old Jewish girl from the first century in mm-hmm. the Middle East. Her fiat, her yes, is like the most incredible, awesome use of one's free will that's imaginable. And I've heard, you've heard, protestants galore and other people like downplay this mary because they they down downplay her role generally that oh god could have chosen any way to to bring about our salvation and if she hadn't cooperated with his will he could have figured something else out or even worse god basically like made her do it like mary's his robot but it's that's not god that's not the god that we see it's not the god that we know that's not God, period. And just think about it. Like, I give yourself these these two situations. On one hand, the angel goes to Mary. She's scared. 
She refuses. Okay, fine. Next girl down the road. That's what Protestants could could say. Or worse, like, she received Christ, like, without her will. Just, like, by force. Like, some kind of Greek god-esque sexual assault victim. No. Like, she, our Blessed Mother and the Feast of Her Immaculate Conception was today, is today. Uh, she had free will, as we all do. And she, she made, like, the bravest, most efficacious choice of all time take that pro-choicers <laughs> okay that was that was a lot uh backing all the way up rewinding to the very first thing you said there and this is advent mm-hmm. what what is advent maybe why don't you throw that out there they're probably maybe even our listener in hawaii shout out to you hawaii listener aloha that <laughs> That is not sure what Advent means, so what do you mean by we're knee-deep in Advent right now? Well, it's the liturgical season in the Catholic Church that we're in. It's a it's a four-week preparation season for Christmas, Christmas Day. So, yeah. So it's you, all about like a month-long present buying spree to get ready to give, give and receive presents? Is mm-hmm. that what it is? Yeah, and opening those little doors of cardboard into chocolatey goodness delight on your advent calendar. Ah, uh, yes, the countdown calendars of deliciousness. And, but, and they're not really delicious. Those candies are usually like chalk, but, you know. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't know. I'm not much of a candy person, but Ugh. anyway, um, today is the perfect day to discuss, Will, because of everything you just said, especially of our Blessed Mother and her, her choice. But before we, let's do that thing that we always do, where we define something before we kind of dig into it. Shall we? Mm-hmm. I think we shall. Um, I like to start where every thinker before us has started, and that is, you know, what is what is God's take on all this? And so there's God's will, and we're not talking specifically about God's will today, although you just mentioned Mary uh, it was God's will, and she happily chose, let it be done unto me is what she said. So we want to do God's will. We, we want to be like her. We want to be like the saints, whatever. But we are carting around our sensitive appetites, our hungers, our lustings, our thirst, our longings, and those often conflict. So in, in our philosophy, the will is defined as the faculty of choice. So uh, the medieval philosophers called it the rational appetite okay uh equating it uh, we'll definitely talk about the intellect as it relates to will because that was a big fight with medieval philosophers about which was superior the intellect or the will um my favorite guy saint thomas aquinas he believed that the intellect was superior to the will usually with ex- you know relative exceptions that we're not going to go into the weeds on but but the reason he felt the intellect was superior because the objective of the intellect is the idea. And by the way, he was very well read on the Greeks, uh, Plato and Aristotle and Socrates. And so, does he, he mean that? Does that, does he mean that? So the will. Okay. So does he mean that the intellect should be uh, preferable because it is. It should be a well formed will in it, like a kind of. Well, I I don't, it's not preferable because you have both and you have both at the same time always. Mm -hmm. You always have your intellect and you always have your will. So it's not a matter of preference. It's a matter of which is superior, which leads the other, etc. So So the intellect is kind of like after years and years or times and times of whatever your will is, the intellect is like the formed will? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I guess he defined the intellect as something that could understand the the, the idea of uh, what he called an appetible good or a, a good that we would seek after to chase after with one of our appetites. So our intellect sees something and recognizes it and understands it. And it says that is good. And then our will is supposed to go get it for us. Okay. Mm, okay. Um, and the intellect is is supposed to be simple and abstract. And, and that's why the intellect can apprehend and understand 
what a good is. And so while the object of the will is that good thing, so the intellect thinks of something or understands something, that thing over there, and the will says, oh, I'm hungry for that thing now because the intellect told me. Huh. Um, yeah, like St. Augustine. Uh, uh, yeah, he's so simple. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the good which is understood is what moves the will. So the intellect understands something, and then the will starts moving. St. Augustine said that animals are moved by what is seen, and that's exactly what we're talking about. Huh. But mm-hmm. um, there, another great thinker, St. John Damascene, said that it is in our power to learn an art or not learn an art, and in that respect, the will can move the intellect. And I love that because we can choose to learn, like especially our previous talk about fine art and art and all that. This should resonate with you. Um, we talked about acquired taste. Well, if if something intellectually, we don't understand it yet as a good. Our will can sometimes maybe move us to understand it better and so that it forms in our intellect as a good. And then our will will seek it. So it's like we can choose to put the idea of a good thing into our intellect. It's it's rather crazy the way that works and how we were designed that way, but it does work. Think about it. Yeah, well, I mean, this you can see this in lots of different things. You know, you that oh that quote that you like uh, something forms a habit, forms a oh so a thought yeah, that, or whatever. You're talking about. Gosh, uh, I'm terrible with quotes. Why are you so terrible with quotes, by the way? Bad. But the idea of it, I, I get, it, it's a basic idea for anything. Practice makes perfect, you know? No, it, it, I, I think about it a lot in terms of the Emerson, Ralph Waldo, um, because it really, that, that is like the shortest summation of how human beings operate. I mean, I have this whole thing with the, in my professional life with the OODA loop, Observe, Orient, Decide, Act, where I have reams of, information on how humans function and make decisions but emerson sums it up with his famous um to this effect here you sow a thought you reap an action you sow an action you reap a habit you sow a habit you reap a character you sow a character and you reap a destiny Mm -hmm. and that's it that's how we operate that's that's all of it in a very, very nicely formed nutshell. Um, and that's what the will is. It, you, you have a thought and next comes an action and that, that thought is maybe the intellect telling us something's good or, or is it good? We don't know if it's good. And then, and then the action. <laughs> but the will, anyway, the will is attracted by pleasure and the avoidance of pain and not necessarily like hedonistically but more toward the good which all people seek and and even though we were often mistaken about what's good that's what we are usually after and so again back to thomas he said that because of our will that makes us mass quote masters of our own actions mm-hmm. and so he he and you know he cautioned that this what this really means is we are able to choose the means to the end, but not the end with our will. So that was that thing about, did the intellect rightly choose something as good? Um, I don't know. You could you could go keep going deep down that philosophical hole, which I could all day long go down. Well, but. so yeah, what's the difference between... Okay, because they almost seem like they could butt heads when you think people they're okay so you've got instincts is that the same as will because maybe i don't know some people okay so there's two ways i can think about it one like instinctively your instincts could be i don't know to go get the the most beautiful lady in the world or whatever and be with her but maybe she's a bad person or i don't know your instinct is not always necessarily what's right so I guess, what is the difference between the instinct and the will? Because they seem different. Like, one, especially, in fact, a lot of times, they're that's the great thing about humans. Like, you'll see a guy stepping, like, in this San Bernardino shooting that just happened, that story about the the guy who protected his co-worker 
The oh, other. yes. Was... Like, his will was definitely not the same thing as what, like, an animal... Well, some animals, but it seems like it's different than what your instincts would be, which is... Well, hold on. I, I think... I happen to think that that guy that you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, and if anyone doesn't hadn't heard that, he laying on the floor with his fellow co-workers and bullets are flying everywhere. And a female co-worker friend of his was basically like everyone else was freaking out. So he got behind her and put his body between her and the monsters and told her, I've got you. And he actually wound up dying because he took several bullets that would have hit her. So I think that's the, the great example of the Emerson thing that I just said, because he had, so he had um, reaped a destiny and a character. He was the kind of person that through his will had made countless choices in his life to be that kind of person. And so when it came down to a moment, what is revealed? I mean, they say that, you know, uh, difficult times don't build character. They reveal it. Mm-hmm. And his character was revealed to be what it was, a hero. Right. So so I think that's that's a, a golden example of a lifetime of sowing proper actions and proper habits and a proper character. So back to your question, though, about, you know, necessities and we have in our life, we start off with pure impulse when we're ch- children, when we're babies. Uh, and a lot of people have trouble growing out of that. But um, thousands of stimuli preferences assaulting us from all sides we don't really have a purpose we're just responding to all of our sensitive appetites and what do i want right this minute and and we really don't have a formed intellect and we don't have uh the only thing our will is is a a response to the stimuli that's assaulting us we don't we haven't trained it yet even rudimentary but you but but it's you know there's like some kind of a like intangible force sometimes you can see in children even you think man the will of the willpower of this kid like to whatever the you know two-year-old that for whatever reason will throw that fit or or you know hold their grudge or whatever 10 times longer than somebody than another kid like you're like geez you know turn that towards good and your willpower like you can see willpower almost sometimes i think as a nat some kind of a natural part of a, of certain people. You know what I mean? Oh, I do. I, I know for sure that some people have more seemingly, maybe not more, but maybe a stronger or more assertive will than other people. And what Uh, is that? How can that be? That's so weird. Like, what is that? That's just whatever I think that needs to happen to me, I'm going to make it happen. Like that seems to be like the essence of will. Like, whatever I decide needs to happen or that I, what like, not like a spoiled thing, it can turn that way, but it almost seems like, is that what will, will means? Like, what I, what I'm deciding is going, I'm going to make it happen. Or that, that's, yeah, that's a good definition of will, but I guess, I guess when there's something else that we're leaving out about, about the will and, and that's the force of will, um, that was, I guess, a good tentative title for this is, is Force of Will. And I it, I don't know. What does it mean? How can you employ it? How can you – your question in a nutshell is why do some people, even babies, young, young kids, why do they seem to have a stronger will? Why do they seem to have more force behind their will? I think maybe it's because something happened where they figured out early on that – they could actually change something by wanting it to change. So let's 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 take Newton's first law and apply it to this, okay? So a habit in motion will remain in motion unless acted upon by something external, in other words, our will. So early on, maybe a young person wants something or sees something and they and they make the connection that by simply wanting it or wanting it, really wanting it, they've convinced themselves, even though it doesn't always work out that way. Um, and so they, they, they start training their will to be that way, to be forceful. Maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. 
But I know this, that people who have exhibited that have often been great heroes, great military leaders, great athletes. Think of our guy, Tim Tebow. Mm. And then, and then that begs, you know, takes us to the question of is will and force of will contagious? Is it the kind of thing that we human social animals can catch? Gee, I don't know crappy Denver Broncos from four years ago who couldn't stink enough and then uh, were led to finally to the to playoff victory the first time in like a decade by a guy who, by all accounts for everybody on this planet, can't throw, is a bad well, quarterback. So this, must- is, this is rapidly, rapidly degrading into yet another Jessica Tebow moment. I just I would, think I, it's a. I think it's a. It's totally illust, illustrative of what you're saying, and that yeah, I think it is definitely contagious because I saw that team change pretty, pretty significantly, and uh, they they would all give a lot of credit to him for just his contagious. Uh, I don't know if it's will, but it's, you know, positivity too. I don't know how that factors into will, but Mm, I think it's, it's a strong part of it. Mm -hmm. Don't you, I mean, let's get to it. We're we're asking why some people have more quote willpower than others or a stronger will. Um, I personally think that it's tied tightly and directly to a positive, positive thought process. Like I said, maybe early on you figure out that you can succeed you can do this, even if you're not right all the time. But if you believe, like the little train that could, right, um, mm-hmm. the little engine that could, if you don't, I mean, you coming out of the gate not believing that your will can can take you through something. I mean, not on your own, because what do we what do we know for sure as Christians? And by the way, uh, my will can be exponentially uh, empowered when I believe that I am trying to do God's will, or I believe that God is on my side. Uh, Philippians 4.3, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's one of my, that I take that with me everywhere. I use yeah, that. Yeah, I think about that. Like, I think about that. I have to think about that every day. Like that is a must. And yeah. if you can't mention Tebow and any kind of, you know, what for with the Gators, with the Broncos, whatever in his life, his millions of followers, he would he would be very upset without a mention of that because that's where he draws his will according to him, all of it, everything, one hundred percent. He says every single speck, and a lot yeah. of the best people in history have said the exact same thing. So that it's absolutely true. Um, we do have to train it. I, I honestly, I'm going to stick to what I said. I think a big part of that training is positive thinking. Is is the notion that you can succeed. I think that is maybe the biggest part. So what about things like uh, impulses? Because if you start with basic impulses, like uh, laughing and crying or things like that, they definitely overtake or even subdue the will for some uh, X amount of time. Um, If an impulse like laughter or crying can do that, you know, when you don't want to laugh or you don't want to cry and you do anyway. Uh, what about other things that subdue and overtake the will uh, on a regular basis? Like little things that often become big things. Back to Emerson, right? Like the people. Well, like- and to what level should that happen to us as human beings? Like, there's, I feel like, okay, so are we Vulcans? We have no emotions? Or are, should emotions also be tailored by our will? Like, I think of a lot of, like, this story I was just recently writing a little story about uh, this doctor who's got a conundrum with not wanting to get too emotionally attached to his patients. So on one hand, he sees people, some of his friends who are completely detached, and then on the other hand, he sees people too involved. So your will can, you can, like, this doctor over here has trained his will to not be so emotional but it also he's got problems too in the, with with that. So, um, how much do you train out the raw human instincts? And then also me as an artist, it's like a lot of what I run on is I don't know, like 
raw human emotions. But then I have a problem a lot of times personally with like impulsive behavior yeah. and well, the the will can can definitely definitely be trained. There's no question about that. We see examples of that everywhere in, in our own lives too. Um, self control is so. What will is a verb and a noun, right? Um, we have a will, and we will something. So um, we could have an iron will which a lot of people use a phrase like that and they will say sheer force of will, but it all comes down to this. It's, it's, it is an act of self-control. If, if I decide to keep running, even after I, part of me thinks I'm exhausted, that is a choice that I'm making. Um, the way to look at it, a, a way to look at it is it's sort of like policing or checking one tendency with another one, like almost replacing um, instead of, a tendency to stop running at the first sign of exhaustion. I replace that tendency with one that says to keep running. Or if you think of it another way, selective attention, and you think about like com competing ideas in your head. Should I go get that bag of potato chips for you or popcorn for me and sit on the couch? Or should I go do that thing that I need to do outside or wherever? Those two ideas are in the intellect, and whichever one wins is going to become dynamic and become an action of the will, right? And it'll triumph over the other one. So the whole trick with the training thing is to, once again, back to the intellect, right, is with using your intellect to figure out which one is good and then being positive and saying, I'm choosing that over the other idea, Right? Sounds easy as pie, doesn't it? Let's all just go now. We've we've conquered everything. But well, once you do it, once you do exercise little pieces of self-control, it, it's back to Emerson. You're, you're sowing good actions and you're reaping good habits and you're reaping from that, you're reaping a good character. And but it's interesting because you see, you see that that doesn't happen. Like after so many thousands of years of humanity, you think especially through evolution and whatever else you believe about that, that we would, we would see, oh, when you're good, you're happier. When you're this, you're better. When you eat healthier, you look good. And if you choose all the right things, you know, and I guess that that is the point of being a Christian is that we would all become perfect, like our Heavenly Father's perfect. But, like, why, why is it more appealing to take these easy, fattening, lazy, sloppy ways when it always yields these negative results. And, like, why are people who seem so strong-willed, they're so attractive to us, and yet we don't... You know, I'm, I'm reading this book from Jillian Michaels. This, you know, everybody knows Jillian Michaels, that fitness guru. And she's a really good book. It's on metabolism or whatever. But she's got really cool... very. She's so motivational, and she had a really hard life, which I didn't realize. And a lot... Of willpower in that woman. She's got a lot of problems, but uh, there's one quote that I really, or like a sidebar line that I really liked, and she said, a bad day for the ego is a great day for the soul. And I don't know if that's really related to... That is fantastic. Will, that, but, yeah. that, that sounds I really like uh, that. kind of scarily Christian right there. Yeah. <laughs> Almost Catholic. <laughs> oh, man, I love that line. But in, So we know things like dieting, take willpower but anyone and like the average american woman has tried at least 10 times to lose weight says who yeah uh so anyone who's dieted knows that it's it's not just like muscling through like this hardcore diet exercise regimen but it's like you have to fundamentally change you know like you're saying you have to actually change and reshape why, your will why is it why is it so hard? And then I, I'd like to think of this quote also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ, therefore glorify God in your bodies? I keep that on my bathroom mirror. Thank Paul again, eh? Yeah, and I see it every day. And I see it sometimes at the best and worst times. You know, the bathroom mirror, it tells so many tales. You know, of the end of a bad day, the beginning of a whatever, you know. And I just think like... Is there not a fine line there with vainglory, though, and ego and all that? Yeah, and I don't mean it for like how we look, but glorify God in your body, in your body's like, it's just. Yeah, 
don't don't trash your body in other words mm. well what you know what what you were saying just made made my brain jump to evolution and natural selection i have spent a lot of time going to different training things over my long life and here most recently i've been involved in mindfulness training and i don't know if you're aware of that it's some of that i, I still really want to share with you but i'm way. not mindful of it if that's what you mean <laughs> but a lot of the uh people who are trainers in this and devotees of this they're very focused on the human animal and the amygdala and our forebrain and our front brain and uh, all of that and they spend a lot of time talking about how um, oh we still we still haven't evolved to this or we still haven't evolved to that because they're confounded just like you said and, and you were confounded and i think you know we could all easily be why is it then if this if this whole natural selection thing and if we know something is good why don't we do it and I'm sorry, but once again, God has the answer to this, and it has nothing to do with natural selection. But it is the missing link. It, it is the missing link between what secularists think they're going to figure out by looking at our uh, amygdala and our primitive brain versus our frontal brain and all of that. We have original sin. We have man is fallen. Even Aristotle, who was, was you know a pagan, said that the will is is in reason while the irrational part of the soul is where desire and anger and animus and all of that resides and so here's a greek pagan recognizing because he had such a huge brain the same thing that you just asked and that was thousands of years ago so we haven't come very far since aristotle in fact probably we've devolved in a lot of ways but he was asking that question, and then he answered it, and he said, okay, so the will is cooperating with the intellect, or should be, and there is reason there. But all this other stuff that we can't get past, that is, and he called it the irrational part of the soul. And many Christian philosophers have completely agreed with that, because there is a part of us that is irrational. Because whenever we do something uh, that's, that goes against what we know to be good, that's irrational. If we know that eating this is bad for us and we do it, that's irrational. Somewhere inside of us, we know that, but our will, for some reason, is not positive or strong enough to overcome it. Well, and it's what's interesting about this is that I think it may be the very same free will that we're talking about. That's the answer. That's the reason why it is. we choose the bad. because It is. Because we have it. Because we have both. Look, you've got Adam and Eve in the garden, and they chose it. And you know what? We all would have done the same thing because that's what we are. Otherwise, we're God's robots, like you said. And I love that, by the way. Maybe that's the title of this episode. God's robots? Question mark. Well, it's a band name. I already copyrighted it and started the web page. Oh. <laughs> I just think it's crazy. Like, and, and and that's the exact same reason why, you know, our society is so screwed up and we have, like, this hero worship of, you know, stupid people. But all of society... You know, you look at the most beautiful Renaissance uh, work, just really, really obviously adoring the human form. We have always adored people who worked hard on, and that's the outward thing that we can see. So it's like, wow, they didn't just uh, do whatever they, you know, they, I, this person did this and this extra, like we, we naturally even without ever thinking about it, even as like little kids, like I think that you'll, you know, I know there's, there's more to beauty than just that, but when you see somebody who's in really great shape or you, you, I don't know, anything that required this work, we see Olympic, Olympic athletes I think of now, and that's like the most ancient thing that's been going on since people have been around, just looking at these people who do these things that you're like, wow, <laughs> like what did you spend your life doing that? That's amazing. And it's cool because it's just, deep down, we all know that, like, that's not the quote-unquote natural way. There's something supernatural, almost, because that's our free will that, that nobody, that, you know, that other creatures don't have. We have this ability to go above what is natural and to right. do more. More than, right. you see people who... Well, what do you mean above what is natural? Because I think doing good and the will are natural. 
but I think they're competing with something that's also natural, which is the the irrational part of the soul, right? I don't know. Animals don't do good or evil. Back to our animal discussion. So, I guess. Well, yeah, I guess they're that they're they're they don't have a will in the sense that we do. They mm-hmm. just it's clear that they don't. They are guided. I would say eighty percent or more, just throwing it out there, by their sensitive appetites. They they see food, they go eat it. They'll, a puppy will eat till it dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well- well, I don't know, you know, and right now we're in um, Advent, like we said, and, and this is another time of the year that's like a preparation time uh, for, like, we have t- two main ones in the Catholic Church, Advent and Lent, and Lent is the longer of the two, and it's preparation for Easter, and so it's t- it's usually seen as a time of penitence, it's a more sorrowful time period, people, that's why you, people give up something for Lent you know, abstain from meat on Fridays and stuff. But people used to do that for Advent as well. People used to look at it more penitentially and be more a little bit more, uh, you know, just waiting for that big feast day. And I tried this year just to uh, throw in a little bit of that Lenten feeling. Just, you know, basically I'm trying to do exactly what we're talking about here. My goal in life is just to get my will in check. I don't think I was naturally given the strongest will. Some people would say I have a strong will. I don't know. I I feel like I'm constantly fighting it, fighting this this uh, impulsive nature that I have, and also selfishness that I think is bad in me, and fighting it. And so that's what I like to use time, you know. And I've never had more success than I have this this Advent with trying to give up certain things that are big roadblocks in my willpower and I know it's you know back to what your your quote in mind my fair one I can do all things it keeps saying that to myself I can do all things like it's 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 through God it's through God like you and then my other favorite quote uh, you know come to me all you who are weary and burdened I'll give you rest when Jesus tells you to take his yoke my yoke is light and you see him and you're like how is your yoke light but you realize it is that's the only way. It's like the only answer. There's, I, There must be other answers. There are people that have great strong wills that aren't Christian, but um, I, yeah. cer- I certainly don't know what, what other way I, I could do. Well, it, it, I guess the end, the good that the intellect sees is the answer to it. If, if it's worth it to you and you believe it's worth it to you, and then more importantly, you believe that you can do it, then that can only strengthen your will. Do you know, you just made me think of something. Do you remember that stupid book that I got obsessed with called Seek the Secret? Oh, dear Lord. Yes, I do quite. And see, that's the negative, like, secular way that I think some people get through. You know, they because but will, it needs to be, like, it's not like a, it's not like a, magic trick or black man you no, know. What the, the, yeah the, the secret thing and the other what's it the law of attraction the Wayne Dyer crap all of that that is saying that just don't and, and in fact that the reason that those are so antithetical to especially Christian philosophy is because they teach you to only be concerned with thinking about and attracting what you want. And and that's the secret, right? You, you constantly, and if anybody gets in, in your life that, that takes you away from that, you're, you need to go around them, ignore them, get rid of them because it's only about attracting this thing to you. And well, yeah. And the secret's all about like your quote unquote willpower, which is just like your thought. Like, like if you, like if you pull up to a parking spot and you think it's strong enough, your parking spot will be there. And, right. and that, that's, and it's beyond odd. being ridiculous, um, that actually doesn't compel you to so good actions at all. Your actions are what count. Mm-hmm. Our intentions, our intentions might be grand, but our actions are what counts. And so, how do we form our will if we don't take? the positive proper actions and if we don't get outside of it's so selfish too because like now you know as i've grown up and out of craziness like that 
if something good does happen, like something miraculous, quote unquote, small M maybe, you know, like I'm, I'm going to be late and I need a parking spot and there it is. Instead of thinking like, I am so amazing. I did this for myself. Like it's so inward and so wrong. I always think nowadays, like for anything good that happens, the good and the bad, but it's a constant thanking of God all day in my life. And in those moments, it's like it, you're in this journey with your creator, which is how it should be, instead of you somehow thinking yourself into a parking spot. It's madness. <laughs> and I, I can see other people saying, well, isn't it madness that you're this, the infinite creator of all time, space, and dimension would care about your parking spot? No, not not at all, because nothing has to exist except for him. He, right. We only exist Well, and, and, the, and things like that, although I, I don't disbelieve that Minor, I know minor miracles happen every day. You can see little miracles here and there. And what definition of a miracle I'm talking about is something outside of nature, okay? Something without a natural explanation. And there's a lot of little things like that that we all see all the time. I'm a big believer in that. But that's different than will. Uh, will is a natural thing. It's a part of us. And it's something that we try to form and train to go after the good that our intellect, which we also need to train and build so that we recognize and understand the good. Wow. This is really tying in with that art show that we did last time, because we, you don't just, I mean, you, you need to think about the good a lot. And the more you think about that, and that is what the Bible says about, uh, I can't think of the exact quote, but it talks about being positive, other people, successful friendships and relationships. And then St. Paul, I think, says, these are the things that you should think about. And so it's that, back to Emerson yet again, if, if we focus on positive, if we focus on other people, if we focus on good, then that is training our intellect and our will will follow our intellect eventually, especially if we believe that we can do it, whether we believe uh, we can do it 70% ourselves and 30% Christ or 1% ourselves and 99% Christ or 0 and 100. Um, if we believe we can do it, then the will has a fighting chance every time. That's, I mean, in, so one of the, oh, I hear myself echoing, sorry. Um, so one of the cardinal virtues, hope, has definitely got something to do with will. You know, as long as there's hope. I feel like the will can go on. Yeah. The will can do, can, like for me, like people will say, guys, you're an eternal optimist. Or like, I will fix any relationship. Like, I will make it work. I, you know, I, I am, if, if I have strong willpower in anything, it's to make things work. Things that seem to not be working is to fix them because I, if I see hope, and also, if I have strong willpower in anything, and what I would hope other people would as well, or what I, you know, grew up believing, you know, that, that thing when you're a kid, you could do anything you, you set your mind to, or whatever kind of kind of deal, that maybe, like, we really do all have something, or some things that we're supposed to be doing, and, and willpower also, I don't know how much it has to do with it, but just knowing that you want to keep moving forward in like maybe not exactly the way that you planned it or whatever, but the, somehow this yeah. all ties together and that your will should be set on moving forward, you know, because I think willpower can also kind of fall apart if you become complacent in what you're doing as maybe another offshoot of will. Maybe, maybe it doesn't seem that way. Like a person who's like doing their nine to five, whatever job that they want, but if they aren't happy, and that, I don't mean that in like the, you know, our throw around therapy kind of whatever fluffy, happy thing, but you know, fulfilled or whatever. Cause like yeah. also from the Bible, but I'm Catholic, so I can't quote it. Well, uh, <laughs> it's something about God doesn't give, you know, you don't have a desire. Maybe it's not even the Bible. Maybe, I'm, maybe this is more from Augustine, but you don't have a desire for something that can't be filled, you know, like a true yeah. desire. So yeah. I don't know. Um, my willpower, if I have a strong willpower in anything, it's, you know, that I'm not happy in, in my career yet. And I'm still going for things that seem kind of ridiculous. 
Yeah, I, that's actually you too. We, by might the way. Have, we might have even talked about that the the argument from desire and there being for every natural desire, there's something to satisfy it with one exception, and that is that thing that we feel in our soul yearning for something like God. Um, but what you're saying about hope is so true. And it does tie into the will. It really does. And maybe back to, you know, we were building this formula for why some people have good willpower and all. Um, will Durant uh, has a great quote. It, the trouble with most people is that they think with their hopes or fears or wishes rather than with their minds. And that, to me, that goes to the intellect thing we talked about. Because if if your will is focused on something that's not true, something that's that's being born out of your fears or your hopes, uh, some specific thing, rather than something that your intellect has actually decided or, or seen is actually a good thing, then you're going to run into trouble for sure. Um, but how can you not have hope? Because if the minute, and, and so hope is definitely tied to will, and it's that same thing. It's the positivity of saying, I can do that. And that your chances of doing it go up so so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, don't know. I don't think it would be a podcast for us if I didn't mention Rush, and he always says that nobody's ever sold a single book on how to fail because, like, everybody instinctively knows mm. how and defaults to failure. Success is like never easy, even for those who make it look. Like, it is easy, like him. But, I don't know. It's... I don't know. It's it's a... It's just weird because we also, in our society, even quibble about what is success, you know? Oh, it's just being happy, or it's just this, or it's vacations, or... So, I don't know. I just... Is willpower always just... Like, can willpower be, you know, the... The dad who, or the, you know, I don't know, the married couple who really sticks through a marriage that's, goes through rough times and they, they don't quote unquote do it for the kids, but they, you know, they work on it. Like that's willpower. Like there's so many things that, you know, to admire people about. And, um, I, I, I yeah, I agree. And I think in the end, it's always going to come down to, our, our intellect defining something as the right thing, the good that, that we should take action on. And then the, the will is acting on, is the choice and acting on the choice. Um, Isn't it funny though how often we delude ourselves? Like literally constantly. It's crazy. 100% of the day I feel like I am not doing that. Or maybe not 100, but a lot but, of the day. But all, <laughs> but all of that is in the back of our mind when we're lying to ourselves we know about it. It's back there. It's eating at us. That's our conscience. Well, and you always make fun of me because I am like the worst at making decisions. Like I sometimes have just like a meltdown, unable to decide what is the right, what, what, what is the best thing for my will, for my person, you know? And I, I think you're right that it all comes from training your will properly and a well-formed conscience, I wouldn't be so erratic about that kind of stuff, you know. Or maybe I would. Be. Well, and then in the things, in the things that the, the myriad choices that we face every day that come at us, and our will has to look at them and sort through. There's also something to be said for uh, being able to tell the difference between what is actually an important moral choice and what is uh, a passing thing related to the sensitive appetites that really shouldn't trouble me to the to the level yeah. that I let it trouble me. Yeah, there's a really good book that I read as a teenager because I've always struggled with this called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it's all small stuff yeah. in parentheses. And yeah. it was like seriously about and it helped me for it still actually there's there's stuff from there that still speaking of forming the will that I still think about and it's been over a decade since I read that book, but it's like, yeah, you know what? That doesn't matter. It, we can let the smallest thing, like a like a little a little teeny piece of sand in your shoe that you can feel and you know it's in there, uh, you know the spilled milk thing or something, and, and that can actually get in the way of all your processes. 
that's how we come up with bad moods and all that. But it, you know, the, the bottom line for the willpower thing just has to be that it has to be that our, our intellect identifies something and we, we, we've trained it that way. We've done the Emerson thing. We've sown good thoughts and actions and, and we're reaping now this character that that's going to believe that, that we can do it. That's going to choose the right way to go uh, because we understand something to be good. Like Spinoza, um, 17th century philosopher, was was very big. Philosophers have been looking at this whole will and intellect thing forever, by the way, because it's so fascinating. But uh, he said will and understanding are one and the same, even though he said it in Latin. But um, And what he meant, I'm sure what he meant by that is the crux of what we're talking about is the intellect understands something that's good and the will is going to go after it. If it, if it's there, if it's if it's able to, so will and understanding are one and the same. So the trick, I guess, is read your Jillian Michael book and and so good things like that and make good choices. Like well, and that's just <laughs> that in one aspect. Right? That's just in one aspect of you know. And I could say for her, I would you know I I'm reading this and I can see half of her her down her downfall is being too obsessed with certain things, you know, and that's the other thing is it's like from back from our saints talk, the super like superheroes, would you consider them to have strong willpower? Well, I don't know for some of them, it's just kind of their nature. So I don't know how strong their willpower like actually is like Superman. I don't know. He's kind of just built that way, but saints, I mean, you want to talk about willpower and, and there's, it all comes down to, Thy will be done. It's always that. So, you know, what you've said and we've said here is uniting your will to God's is like the key. But it's like, it's interesting how, and just crazy how much can be accomplished. Like some of these saints, just what they were able to do and what they were able to, like the odds they were able to beat and all this, this, you know. Even regular people, like I was telling you, I, I, I couldn't think of anybody in particular, but there's countless examples of one person out of 500 surviving some, I, I can't remember, there's this death march <laughs> once, and this, like, one person survived it, and what the heck is that about, you know, it's, I I don't know, but I I'm I love to think about this, and I love to talk about it, and I love to be positive. I have Tebow posters all over my room because of yeah. the, because of the quotes, not because of him. No, but he's got this calendar series that I have up because he's got all these great quotes. Be confident, be thankful, be bold, be disciplined, and hit. It's just like what a that's yes, <laughs> do those things, and like you know, I grew up like we've said before, a military family, and that's what Marines are all about, like. You guys, Definitely. like, you could be called willpower machines, like, all yeah. of you. Uh, you mentioned the saints, and so since we're going to go full full bore Catholic here, um, the real secret in life is God's will and understanding God's will. Mm-hmm. And that that's the secret handshake as far as, as I can figure. I read the lives, I read the saints every day, and it is the first thing I do every day of my life bar none uh, you know that i send out a little quote every day um the saints are amazing they're they're a testament to what i mean i don't even care if a person is not catholic or uh quote not religious there's no one that that cannot improve their life by uh emulating what a lot of the saints have done because they're just amazing even if you only draw from jesus i mean they only gave us one prayer and it says thy kingdom come thy will be done it's like he didn't give us a lot of words to say to God, but right. considering God's well, will is up there as the most important. And he, his the only time we see him really in severe agony in the garden, not my will, but yours. Yeah. Huh? Um, we're getting close to the end. So this all of what we talked about very spontaneously. Mm-hmm. I love how it's made my mind come full circle. I, I, I felt my brain grow a little bit in the last little while. That's weird. Usually Aww. I'm this long on the phone with you and the headache sets in. But mm-hmm. yeah, 
Um, the prayer of St. Thomas, my, my guy, uh, you know it. I know you've heard it. It's short and sweet, and I'll say it. But it is. <laughs> tell me, this just occurred to me, by the way. Tell me, this is not exactly what we've what we've come to in our ruminations, as you called it. Grant me, O Lord, my God, a mind to know you, a heart to seek you, wisdom to find you, conduct pleasing to you, faithful perseverance in waiting for you, and a hope of finally embracing you. Amen. Amen. That is the most complete prayer my brain can conceive of, man, especially in light of our talk on will, because he, he's asking God to form his intellect to know him. And then he says, a heart to seek you. He's talking about his will. Grant me the will to do your will to find you. And that that's the crux of it to me. I agree. That was great. That's a great Aquinas, way to Aquinas wins, as usual. Him yeah. and his giant 500-pound brain that he had to roll around in a wheelbarrow because it was so big. And he said everything he wrote was... Like straw. Like straw. That, he said that after he had the visitation yeah. from Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. Well, this has been a good talk. I Real quick before we go, I just have to mention uh, that we have an email address now in case anybody is actually listening, made it to the end of this episode, and for some reason would like to talk to us because we would love to hear from anybody. Like, seriously, it would be amazing to hear one person Especially uh, that listener or listeners in Hawaii. You so know the, who you are. We The email address is popnj, P-O-P-N-J-A-Y at outlook.com because Gmail and Yahoo are taken. So yeah, outlook.com, popnj at outlook.com. And, um, I love it. If you write to us, Pop can also send you out his daily meditations of the day via email. So that'd be pretty cool. Oh yeah, love to do that actually. Mm-hmm. So do that. Hit us up. Hit us up, as the kids say. Yo yo. And uh, yeah. we don't. We're gonna be talking about something awesome next time, but it's just too much. We cannot tell you. Like it will blow your mind. All right. One more time, so it sticks in everybody's memory the way that I've tried to have it stick in my memory forever. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap your destiny. Sure. That's it. Amen. And the last word I have to say is keep moving willfully forward. That's true. Don't just be a leaf in the breeze. Decide where you're going and go there, people. <laughs> Make good choices. All right. Good night. Amen. Amen.